This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis. TheWellnessCouch.com streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and as always, it gives me great pleasure to bring on the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, my brother from another mother, the stress code cracker of the <laughs> century. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Thank you for the intro. Stress code cracker. That's oh, pretty good, isn't it? Haven't been. Yeah, that's pretty good. Did you, you just come up with these? You still do it. With What are we, seven and a bit years on and you're still coming up with great intros. You are the man. Great to be with you, MDP. I'll tell Wonderful. you what, it's exciting to, to be able to call you the stress code cracker, but if there's one thing that I think about when I say it, it's that we don't talk about stress as much as we probably should. I cannot stand that word should, but as much as we may be obliged to we, given the well, amount we of stress more. mental and emotional and all types of stress that goes on in the world. And so it's yeah. really been remiss of us that even though on the Wellness Couch there has been a podcast dedicated to stress for over 70 right. episodes and Never the fact this. that this podcast is hosted by our mutual wonderful friend, Dr. Maria Zushman, it is almost unforgivable that in over a year we have not interviewed Dr. Maria Zushman on this no, episode of 100. It's unforgivable. On, it is it's unforgivable. It's almost unforgivable. It's unforgivable. She, she shouldn't forgive us. She shouldn't forgive us. No, don't use the S word, but we are a lamb to the slaughter because we have not interviewed Dr. Maria Zushman, host of Be the Queen no. of Your Stress, up until she, today. Dr. Maria Zushman, incredible chiropractor. That's how we all know each other. Keynote speaker, personal performance coach, and the host of Be the Queen of Your Stress on the Wellness Couch. Dr. Maria, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you, MP, and thank you, Damo. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. I absolutely forgive you for waiting this long to have me on. I just figured that that was how the universe had me timed, that I was meant to be on this particular episode of 100 Not Out. So I, I will not hold it against either one of you. Great, I'm glad you. I'm glad you won't, because uh, <laughs> it'd be not. tough for us to get over it, Doctor M. Be tough. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't I would, know. I would never because... do that. <laughs> Good, thanks. And yeah. I wouldn't invite you on the golf course again if that was the case. Um, even though you never play golf with me in Melbourne anyway, so I don't know what's going on there. There's just this well, fear of playing golf. We have to have a chat to my mother. Yeah, well, <laughs> she needs to stop getting sick at the wrong time. She has a lot to she answer really for. She really does. Mm, she does. Hey, is it Zushman or Zushman? Zushman. Oh, so I've been saying it wrong for all these years. Pretty much, but that's okay. Mm. That's why, <laughs> Maria, that's why I go so by Dr. Name. M or Dr. Maria because no one can say my last name. 
<laughs> when we play golf together, um, it's difficult because I call you Dr. M like you're my mate. Um, and then we're playing golf and I'm calling you Dr. M with these strangers. And and I kind of felt it was strange because I, I wanted to start calling you Maria, but Maria doesn't kind of feel right to call you Maria. So I just got to keep calling you Dr. M. But it's a strange thing, isn't it? Do you find yourself calling yourself Dr. M? Uh, I tend to call myself M. Actually, if I depending, so I'll sign off depending on what it is. Is I'll either sign off Doctor M or I'll drop the doctor off. So, but yes, it is very strange when I'm getting called Maria. I feel like I'm in trouble. Well, then I'll definitely put you in trouble in the intro. I've I've called you Maria about four hundred times. Now you are the queen of stress. Can you tell us how you got into this whole conversation around stress? Because it is it is probably one of the most, if not the most, important conversation to be having uh, these days. Absolutely, I can. Well, I, I, one of the stories that I share on the podcast, on the Be the Queen of Your Stress podcast, or when I'm doing keynote presentations around Australia, is uh, that I've been a recovering stress head for quite a few years now. And I really started off as a princess of stress, having watched a stress head father uh, really from a very early age. So I, I, thri- I thought I thrived on stress for such a long period of time. But then I started seeing the signs and the signals really rear their ugly head a few different times throughout my adult life. Uh, and it really inspired the Queen of Stress movement uh, to be able to help other people understand and recognize their stress early enough so they can start managing and using it for good rather than evil. Because in our modern day life, I just see so many people, and it's a bit of a buzzword, right, is that everyone's so stressed out. They're so busy. They don't have time for anything. Uh, and if we're not recognizing our poor adaptation to stress early, it can really have detrimental effects. All right. So then I'm curious because there's a fair bit that's, you know, in that. And I think if, if everyone unwrapped their story of the, of their upbringing, um, there's a lot that that we observe. I know, yeah, similar thing with, you know, I think of my dad, you know, massive work ethic and love, mm. to, yeah, let's just say, you know, almost like thrives on stress. When you started noticing mm the challenges, are you happy to kind of share what they were for you, what symptoms you're experiencing and and maybe some of um, – and we can, we'll talk about some of the key strategies, but what, what some of the symptoms were and what some of the first steps you took were in order to start improving your stress response? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and part of the reason why I love sharing this is I don't know about for other people, I'll only speak for myself, I've been a bit of a slow learner when, it's come, when it comes to the, some of these areas in the sense that the first time my body really showed me the signs of of stress was in my early 20s when my workaholic dad actually passed away. So my dad passed away when I was 23. Uh, and in, in the six months after he passed away, I put on about 30 kilos very, very quickly in a six-month period. I started getting chest pain and pain down my left arm. So they were pretty significant signs of the mm. stress that I was under. Uh, and to cut a very long story short, I was put on beta blockers to actually stop the inappropriate tachycardia that was happening. So my heart was beating too fast inappropriately and, and quite dangerously for a period of time. The beta blockers basically chronically fatigued me. And so I figured that kind of sucked and there had to be another way of approaching things, funnily enough. And yes. that's actually where I, I really started being proactive about my health. I was already in my undergraduate degree to become a chiropractor, uh, but I'd always been very reactive about how I looked after my health. That's how my family looked after their health. My older brother happens to be a medical doctor. We approach things from wait till something's broken and then take drugs for it. Uh, and then I realized that it really wasn't working for me. So 
in in the six months it took to get an appointment with the endocrinologist that was meant to be sorting me out is that I'd actually flipped my nutrition on its head. I'd started seeing a chiropractor for more uh, corrective care. And by the time I saw the endocrinologist, all of my blood levels were back to normal. I dropped about 25 kilos of the 30 kilos and my body had started functioning properly again. Then let's fast forward to my early 30s where I had to relearn these things again where my first marriage had broken down and again I put on a lot of weight very quickly. Uh, I started to get fatigued. My skin broke out. I never had acne as a as a teenager but in these periods of big stresses in my life is that I would get like teenage acne going on uh, and I was dragging my, my butt around basically and I realized that, again, that wasn't great. So cleaned up what I was doing eating-wise, making sure that I'm looking after various strategies to be able to get my body to start functioning properly again because of the, the intense stress for a long period of time is my body had started um, shutting down too strong a word, but it had started to function less well and less optimally than I certainly like functioning at. So, And, again, recently is that been through some big stress this time I have learned some lessons though, so I haven't put on weight. My skin is playing up a little bit at the moment. But it's amazing how, as I said, I'm a bit of a slow learner for some things, fast learn for others. But it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping other people understand these things. So hopefully they can learn from from my slow learns and not have to go through the same things. Mm, well, you've uh, you, I mean it's hard not to learn things though, isn't it, Dr. M? Because you will learn and but sometimes it's hard even though you've learned it. Um, that it's, it's difficult to implement it. And you kind of see it and you go, oh, yeah, that's happening, but that's not really what's going on. You think it's something else. It's easy to deflect it and to blame it. How do you actually tell yourself that actually you are stressed and you are actually blowing out, not blowing out in terms of weight, but blowing out in terms of your body is just not coping? Um, it, you know, is there, like, is there a stop gap? Is there like something that people can do that they kind of go, oh, hang on a second, no, this actually is real. Like this actually is happening to me. Right, because... When you're educated, you've experienced extreme stress before, you're going through some more stress again, at what point do you go, it is actually again affecting my body? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I developed was the eight ball quiz, which people can do for free on my Queen of Stress website. And it takes you through eight key areas of, of signs and symptoms that your body might start be starting to show you signals that it's not coping quite so well. Because Stress isn't always a bad thing. There's definitely good stresses in our life. It actually, our body's stress response is designed to keep us safe. What happens if we get, obviously, as we get stuck in that for too long, that's where it becomes detrimental. So in that eight ball quiz, we go through eight key areas, funnily enough, given that it's an eight ball quiz, and it gives you a score out of 80. So you can see whether your body's coping well and adapting or whether actually maybe it is under the pump and it has been for too long and you're now stuck in a resistance stage and it can point you in the right direction of what areas you might need to be looking at, whether that's your gut health, whether it is around, you might be starting to get sensitive to light and sound, you might be getting a little bit more wound up and feeling like you're about to snap at people more regularly, your energy might not be what it was and you're noticing that you're fatigued and you're really looking for the, that lunchtime nap that you never needed to have before or you're hitting snooze an extra couple of times. So it's it's a really good starting point to create some baselines or to have a baseline, I should say. So you can see, well, where am I right now? And where do I want to be going? Well, Maria, just as you're talking here, Domo sent me a message saying, "Are you okay, mate?" And um, it's a great question because one of your one of your points is being able to adapt to stress, which is what you've been speaking about. And I have to share a little story here today, as we record without date stamping it. I will. Today is Valentine's Day, 
And uh, I wanted this morning to give my uh, beautiful wife, Sarah, uh, some Valentine's gifts. And the gifts that I was giving, one was an active service gift. Uh, some people will laugh at this because I'll go, it's not, that's not active service. That's what you should be doing anyway. But I did the school drop-off <laughs> for the kids. Uh, I, did, I drove the kids to school this morning. Uh, I said, babe, just have an hour to yourself. Just go and chill, go down the river or go get a chai or whatever. And then once I've dropped the kids off, um, I'll still have Tommy with me, but we'll go out on a little hot date, um, have a coffee, chai, and uh, just catch up, uh, you know, one kid instead of three. And um, and Damo and I were going to record a little bit later and start with you at 10 and all the rest of it. Anyway, so I do the school drop-off. It's um, Then I get to my coffee date with Sarah she's feeling she's 20 weeks pregnant or something at this stage low blood pressure feeling average not not up for a chat if you know what I mean just really just poor thing in a world of hurt just really just not feeling good we're like 10 minutes in to the coffee date and we get a call from the school that Darby our six-year-old has got a sore tummy and is on the verge of vomiting and can someone come and pick him up and Sarah and I are just looking at each other going, oh, my God, look, just cannot even get, can't even get half an hour together. When we do, it's all a bit difficult because, you know, she's not feeling well or whatever, child ill, the rest of it. And you're talking about adapting to stress. And I'm driving home uh, at 10 to 10 just before we're about to interview you going, okay, how am I, how am I like adapting to this? Because this for me feels like we're in the thick of a lot of this happening at the moment. And hence my grandma Damo says, are you okay, mate? Because he probably bears the brunt of my whinging and moaning about just, again, they're all first world problems, but they just, they, they mount on top of the other. Most people no, listen. I can hear it in your voice. That's the thing. Like you, you, Your mates can notice stuff. So, you just yeah. you hear it. So, you just notice it. Like everyone would know something's just not right. Not, you know, not everyone would know. Not everyone would know that something's just not right, but your mates will know. So you, you got to call on them to, you know, say is everything all right. That's why I asked. Yeah, and and I and I appreciate you doing it. And I think this is the really key, you know, conversation is around adapting to stress because it's one thing for, you know, I mean, we, we're Damo and yourself are literally, you know, two of the nation's leaders in stress, but that doesn't mean that you're immune to it. Um, I've got a great mate in Damo and yourself that I can talk to about stressful situations in my own life but for all of our listeners uh, that everyone needs to adapt to stress we all do it some in empowering ways some in disempowering ways um, you, how, how do we recognize it in the short term so that it doesn't have deleterious effects in the long term that's a good word NP deleterious I, I like best. it I might have to that's I'll have to use that de- later. De- uh, detrimental de- for those of de- you who can't yep, speak English. Detrimental, poor, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> consequential. Yeah, I love it. Resulting. And, um, it sounds like you've had a doozy of a morning that's well and truly outside of. Oh, I'm frustrated as as a husband yeah. and a dad. I'm just in a frustrated mode at the moment. Absolutely. He scored eight. He scored eight on his eight ball challenge. <laughs> he scored. Eight. Well, it's out of eighty, so eight's all right. So you get a score out of eighty. Oh. So that's. Too bad. Oh, but, yeah. They scored 72. <laughs> you, need, you need urgent assistance, now, my friend. If you want to go and do that uh, quiz, folks, hold on, Maria. you got to go to thequeenofstress.com to do this eight-ball quiz and hopefully you don't get 80 out of 80. No, you don't want, you don't want to be getting 80 out of 80. You definitely, definitely don't want that. One of the tools that I love to use is my warrior meter and I think that that, uh, that helps simplify things very quickly and particularly on mornings like you've just described, which most of it is outside of your control is that in life there's things we can change, there's things we can't change, and there's things that we might not be so sure about. 
And the beauty of being able to, to categorize what's going on is it allows us to put energy into the right areas. Uh, there's most of what you described this morning, other than actually doing the act of service itself, was outside of your control. So it's being able to accept that and acknowledge it and doing working with what you can. The, uh, the part that I think is really important and is the middle section, which is things you might not be sure about whether you can or can't control. And that's where having great mates like Damien, like myself, it's just so vital because you need to have strong enough human connections with people that they might be able to pick up on things before you can. Uh, and I think that's another important layer to all of this is, is the importance of human connection on a regular basis so that people can pick up on those changes in tones, changes in body language. Because if you're only ever connected virtually, then you don't have the ability to be able to pick up that difference. Yeah. Let me just talk about that, Marie, because I think that's a really important point. Like I look at a lot of people these days and they're stuck to their phones. I went for a walk this morning, get some, you know, kitty litter for Misty. And uh, and I nearly ran into, I don't know, five or six people as they were just connected to their phones. I suppose maybe they're chatting on Facebook or they're texting or whatever else, but they were so glued to their phones they couldn't look up. And so when they looked at me, as I was walking trying to dodge them, they were kind of annoyed with me that I was you know, <laughs> in their the way. Footpath. Yeah, in their way. But they were walking zigzag crooked. So, <laughs> you know, there's one guy I actually looked up and I said, Morning. And he looked at me as if I was from Shalaba. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, What's going on here? And so. <laughs> I said to him, uh, I said to him, good morning, and he didn't say anything. I said, have a great day, and I kept on walking. And um, and so I tried a real-life connection, but a lot of people are stuck in this virtual world connection. It's all You kind of call it a quasi or almost connectedness. What's your feeling about that? Oh, look, this could be a series of podcasts, my feeling about virtual connection over real-life connection. But it's funny you say walking around your local neck of the woods and you trying to say hello to people. Where I live on the south coast of New South Wales is it's rude not to say hello to people walking past. And then recently I was staying at your beautiful home uh, in in the Bayside area of Melbourne and I kept saying hello to people and they kept looking at me like I was a lunatic. So um, I think that's just a common no, thing. No, let's look at you like you're woods. from Shalaba. That's all. Like, oh, she's from Shalaba. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't, I don't get taken with that too often. But that's, um, yeah, it's one, of those, it's one of those things where um, that couple of points to it. One is that when we're only messaging people is that we actually miss out on so many aspects that are important to connection. One is we can't hug people physically over a mobile phone. Two is we can't read people's body language. Uh, you know, they developed emojis because we can't actually type with emotion. Mm, yeah. So we Thank God for emojis. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine how pissed off people would be with well, look at emails. Emails need emojis because how many how many fights have people had on misconstrued email chains? Absolutely. So there's so there's so much. Um, I suppose there's so many missing links when we're only typing versus having the opportunity to speak in real life. And even with voice messages now, is that I think there still can be misread tone because particularly if you're leaving a a voice message. Uh, a, a, memo or using Voxer or things like that is you tend to speak very differently than if you're in a conversation. Yeah. So there's no ebbs and flows of that. And I think that it's it's detrimental in many ways. If people are just on a scroll of death on Facebook or Instagram because they've got nothing better to do other than, you know, the fear of missing out on what is below the next scroll or flick of their finger when they're looking at Facebook, 
is that people get stuck in such the compare game where they're looking at other people's perfect lives in inverted commas and they're, they're worried they start actually getting stressed about what's going on in their own world versus putting their phones away. And I realize for some people listening, the thought of putting their phone away for an hour has probably just sent them into the DTs. But putting the, putting the phone down for a period of time and actually having a real-life conversation with people, I think it's such a key piece to our ongoing longevity and also our ability to minimize our stress because how often is it you have a conversation with a mate and then all of a sudden you get off the phone and you feel better for doing it? Oh, Just for having absolutely. Yeah. And I also think the the again, I'm not a science nerd, but the oxytocin slash hormonal impact of real life connection, like you said earlier, you can't hug your phone, but hugging a person, there's gotta be a and I'm sure you guys talk about this in your presentations, but there's gotta be a hormonal cascade or a hormonal kind of domino effect that occurs through physical touch and real life communication than virtual communication absolutely absolutely and that you touched on mps the oxytocin release in itself is so important um and i i just it worries me when people uh, don't have that that physical connection with people and these days i'm, I'm living on my own currently with my with my puppy dog I, I have to make sure, and it's something that I have to plan, is to make sure I'm having human connection where I'm getting out and having a, a, a real-life conversation with people because it's very easy to actually spend 24 hours and not having spoken to another person in real life if I don't have it planned in, particularly, say, over a weekend. In my day-to-day work, I speak to a lot of people all day uh, in, in my practice. So it's it's something that... If it's not happening naturally because of work or because of your home life, is is making sure that you're actually planning that in. Such an important key when it comes to managing our stress. Let's talk about morning routines because I I cherish mine. I protect it like anything, you and I love it. I, I tend, you love it. Well, I, I you do it well. Mine is selfish because I feel like the more kids I have, the more important this morning routine is. Because if I didn't have my my morning like my if I didn't have my morning routine this morning, I think the morning that I had would have blown up. Like I probably would have cracked it. But I just got angry. Did you imagine it? Oh, oh, but I, I genu- <laughs> genuinely know and I have a mantra and it might seem like a limiting belief, but if I don't have my morning routine, you just get the most mediocre Marcus Pierce going around. I'm just grumpy, nowhere near as bright. Um, if I've like slept in and then I haven't exercised or I haven't had time to myself, whether it's to journal or move or do whatever it is that I want, then I'm just just average, uh, average human being. So, what's your? I mean, again, I I tend to think it's the prime real estate of the day. But what do you believe? Do you believe it's prime real estate of the day? Because I, I know some people aren't as big into morning routines as others, and that's okay. Absolutely. Look, and MP, when we met many, many moons ago, I mean, we were, we were getting taught about morning rituals a long, long time ago, and I actually really balked away from them at the time. So, when we met, how long ago did we figure that out? Is it? Like uh, I think it was 2009, I, I reckon. So, <sighs> long bloody yeah, time ago. Long time ago. Let's call it. Let, let's call it. No, it must be longer. It must be at least 11. But yeah, I, I yeah 2008. It, it could have been 2008. Yeah, it would, let's it call it the be. better part long, of a decade. Yeah. Let's call it a long time ago. And I know I had a couple less wrinkles. I won't speak it for you. Um, and <laughs> back then, we used to get taught some very strict rituals, which I really balked away from because. 
I don't like getting told what to do. <laughs> if it's not my idea, I don't particularly like it. Um, however, since it's become my idea, uh, I really enjoy my morning routines. Of And number one thing that I avoid doing first thing in the morning is actually connecting to the outside world. One of the exercises I love taking people through is to pretend they have their mobile phone in front of them and to point out where their social media icons are or apps are and where their email app is. And most people can do that automatically these days because it, it is an automated process. And because so many of us actually have our alarms on our phones, I know what I used to do, which is I would turn my alarm off and then my my finger before I was even conscious would go from Facebook to Facebook pages to Instagram to emails. And so I was actually bringing the outside world into my internal safe haven before I'd even woken up. So I'm very conscious now wow. that I keep that out of my morning space for at least an hour. And so I set my alarms up quite differently so that I have an opportunity to do my morning meditation. Uh, I don't I don't exercise first thing in the morning. I know that you do. I tend to push it a little later. Um, but whatever the morning routine is that suits people from an individual level is that it's just so important that you're actually having that time, space, and space to connect with yourself and the possibilities of the day before you're actually bringing the external world into it. Mm. Uh, and that's when I'm talking about prime real estate is that making sure that you have that opportunity to have an awesome day versus a mediocre day. Because I, I don't know many people that wake up going, I'm really looking forward to a mediocre day today. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, unless they've been having really bad days, so mediocre could be a lift up, like that could be an elevation. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I agree. I don't know many people do that, Dr. M. Hey, Dr. M, there's a place in the world where you won't be checking out Facebook or Instagram or your pages. Um, there's a place in the world where morning routines kind of begin somewhere between 8, 9, 10 or 11. And, um, and we're all going there together. And I'm really excited about it because for those people who know where I'm talking about, Maria, Dr. M., M will be joining us in Ikaria in 2019. Hey, hey. Has- ho, ho, ho. Now, so that's really exciting. Wait. Really exciting. So, I mean, no, not only will we have there as attendee, but we will have your wisdom and people will be going, oh, you know, I can't believe I'm standing here in Greece in the AGN with the one and only Be the Queen of Your Stress podcaster, host with the mo- hostess with the mostest, Maria Zuschman. Like they won't be able to get, they'll be blown away. So I'm really excited you're coming with us to Ikaria. I can't wait for that. It's only a few months away now. Um, how are you feeling about it? And why did you why did you decide to come? I think that's what I'd like to know. I don't think I actually really asked you. No, you did in my interview. I'm glad you had to put me through my interview, folks. I had to interview to get to come to Ikaria. It's an application. <laughs> application. Even for even for best friends, it's an application process. Damo and I have to only. interview each other to make sure we're happy to go with each other every year. <laughs> I'm glad you guys passed the test. Uh, for, well, for a few reasons. One is that the thought of getting taken out with you, beautiful gentlemen, for 10 days was an automatic tick. Uh, I've been watching what you boys have been doing with Ikaria for the last few years and, and it's been on my bucket list. And I was like, wow, I'd really love to do that, to experience a culture that in so many ways has it right when it comes to human connection, uh, to how, how they're looking after their health, what they, how long they get to live, but really live life versus just being alive. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of people that can say they made it to 100, but were they actually fully functioning as they mm. were getting into their, into their 80s and 90s? 
so to get to experience that and see it in real time in real life is something I'm super excited about and then you know, absolute bonus that I get out to, to hang out with you guys and I also know that the people that you surround yourself will be amazing human beings that you surround yourselves with. Uh, so it just was a tick in, in all the right places really of, of opportunity. Oh, and it would be remiss of us not to remind our listeners that if you want to join Maria, Damo, and I, head on over to 100notout.com. Check out all the details. We're heading over September 4 to 13. Now, there's lots of other news going on in your world. You have a new book, your first book coming out called Align, Be the Queen of Your Stress. It's coming out mid-March. Can you give us a little sneak peek as to what we can expect out of your debut in the publishing world? Well, I'm a bit excited. I'm a bit nervous about it too. It's it's really interesting when you go from I've I've loved my podcasting journey. It's funny. I'm very raw and real. I'm be the queen of your stress. I share lots of different things on there, but when putting it into writing was was a whole new uh, a whole new experience. So uh, I go through different aspects of stress, how to how to recognise your stress, how to manage it, and then also how to use your stress for good rather than evil is is the main premise of it. I'd share some of my stories around stress, share a little bit around science, a little bit of soul in there as well so that uh, people can can start being the queen or the king of their stress rather than it being the king or queen over them. And I think it's it's a great starting point to being able to recognise what may or may not be going on for you right now in terms of how well you're adapting to stress. Oh, that's sensational. Well, congratulations in advance. I'm very excited to be the MC for your book launch in the middle of March coming down to the Shell Harbour region. Very excited. And uh, we'll get to see more of you at uh, well, the Wellness Base Camp in Newcastle in June and in Ikaria in September and the Wellness Summit and all types of things. So plenty of all quality real lifetime with you this year, Maria Zushman. And we can't thank you enough for making your debut, Dr. M, on the 100 Not Out podcast. A little, well, better late than never. Um, all's well that ends well. We have interviewed you and uh, we look forward to doing this again uh, on 100 Not Out. And as we like to wish all of our guests on this podcast, Dr. M, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Please, folks, go and do the eight-ball quiz over at thequeenofstress.com. And when you've done it, make sure you subscribe to Be the Queen of Your Stress podcast. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com to access it or thequeenofstress.com or go into iTunes or your podcast app and subscribe to the podcast there. Really looking forward to having your company again on the next episode of 100 Not Out. Make sure you go and check out Damo's great work over at damienchristoff.com and foragecereal.com. For myself, go over to marcuspierce.com.au. A big thanks to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Joseph, our editor, Rosie, who does our social media, and to you, our loyal listeners, thanks again for your feedback and your support. Until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.